Three, two, one. In a world where film trailers are no longer introduced with that opening statement, three spicy boys from across the world will learn that it's not what's outside the film that counts. It's the Jenkum on the inside. Coming December 2018. This is Sardonicast. I miss Don LaFontaine. That's my Very favorite good. one. Oh, thank you. Really? Yeah, so do I. Already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my favorite one. Better than the SpongeBob? Yeah. The, the no, SpongeBob was pretty epic. Our, our, that, was, that one was more <laughs> epic, but I, I have a okay. fondness for this one. How, how was my... How was my I, I, I wasn't sure how well I did the impression of the voice. I, I tried, but... It's pretty good. It's pretty solid. Okay, it's pretty solid, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, this is Sardonicast, and uh, I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. Nice. Go, you fucking Brit. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? It's between me and I'm you. I'm Ralph from Ralph this... the Movie Maker, youtube.com slash Ralph the Movie Maker. And wait, off to wait. my left is... Oh, I'm on your left, am I? I'm Alex. Yeah. Right <laughs> I'm just imagining you, you're on my left. You're his left-hand man. <laughs> yeah. Where, where's Adam, then? If you're... On my right. I'm on your... Duh. Why are we oh, sat Oh, you're like in the that? center. <laughs> Why are we Ralph's the yeah, center on. of attention. <laughs> I don't know. It's, that's Maybe how we're it was. in a circle. Oh no! Actually, in the yeah, in like the animation, we, we uh, I was in the middle of the oh, animation, okay. right? Okay. No, I was. I don't. Re- oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Whatever. you were. I don't fucking remember. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Then I changed the seating order. <laughs> you guys remember Don LaFontaine, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like, Man. Mm-hmm. It's so different without him. But at the same time, yeah. I guess like trailers have evolved from from that presentation anyway. Yeah. Do you miss those kinds of trailers? Uh, nostalgically, yeah, but not... I, I mean, I don't think that they really help that much anyway. I usually feel like if there's a trailer out nowadays that either has... I, like, that, you never see someone talking to the audience much anymore. But sometimes you'll see no. titles in between the clips that say pretty much the identical exact same thing that a voice yeah, would true. anyway. So some you'll see like clip 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 and then like in 2018 there was blah 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 or like try, trying to say something about the character or like this is Jake this is yeah blah 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 and he's got a problem usually any one of those trailers that feels as though they need to do that is probably for a bad movie unless there's something like really complicated <laughs> that needs to be understood about a science fiction universe in order for you to even understand the trailer. Okay. Yeah, it's really corny. Yeah, <laughs> it's better than than the Inception noise, though. Yeah, wow. So I wonder is that my, very common over. anymore? I know that there's a lot of like yeah, it still is. They they try to mask it a little more now. It's not as obvious, but they still have like these loud bassy noises, and they think people are like ooh. I think the most common one right now is the um. It's almost kind of like a dubstepy kind of like boo. Like yeah, like, that's yeah. like the, the new version of it. And, and everything serious. Every trailer, they do that thing where they time, um, they edit around like gunshots or something. Normally synced to a song, like the beats oh, of a yeah. song. So it's like, duh, 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 duh. yeah. <laughs> I think that started with the. Uh, well, I mean, the one I think of is the Suicide Squad trailer because everybody was so excited That's for that true, yeah. when they were doing it with yeah. the Bohemian Rhapsody song. That's right. Yeah, that was a well edited yeah, yeah. trailer. And the movie still looked like shit to me, and I was right. <laughs> yeah. The movie was a poorly edited trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty much. 
Bada boom. <laughs> did you make a trailer for uh, Lover? I did. It's pretty neat. Oh, People I didn't tell see me it. it's a good trailer. Oh, you totally should. Oh, you didn't watch it. No, you did watch it on I VOD. The, I sent you the movie. I sent you a Blu-ray, but I sent you the link I haven't on gotten VOD. The, and I the didn't VOD has the a Blu-ray yet. Oh yeah, that's not coming to you for a while. Hopefully before Christmas. But there, before the VOD, there's a trailer. Oh, I didn't so, get it. I guess you. <laughs> I just. But it's right there. I saw the trailer somewhere. I don't oh, know what. Did you like yeah, it? Was it? A good it wasn't. Thank you. Should I have added voiceover? Or um, Inception noises? Did you want it to be more epic? Cause yeah, should have made it more epic. Hire the actor from Cool Cat to voice over trailers. <laughs> I forget that guy's name. He's a saint. Derek Savage? No. <laughs> the guy that plays Cool Cat. Derek Savage narrating yeah, Derek, a trailer. Now it's Derek be Savage because you can't get that guy anymore. I don't know what's happening mm. in this universe. It's just I'm, oh, I, I need to know what's going to happen. Is he gonna is he gonna film the entire Cool Cat versus the Wicked Witch with himself? No, I was trying to transition to Lover, but if you want to talk about Cool Cat, yes, well, let's just talk about Cool Cat. We can talk about either of them. Um, yes, let's talk <laughs> I'd about. I'd rather Lover. talk about Lover. Yeah, Ralph made a movie. Just briefly, Ralph the movie I did, maker when I was 18. is a movie maker. How old are you now? I'm 21, so this is a while ago. And, that seems uh, like a long I got time. Got out of high school. Yeah, I got out of high school. Well, I finished it when I was like, I almost turned 20. I finished it. And then, you know, it goes through distribution hell for yeah. fucking like a year or two. That stuff sucks. But like, I, it's finally out. I, I just did it myself. I'm like, I've had it with distributors. I've had it with festivals. I'm just going to release it myself. And it turned out pretty well mm -hmm. to do that. I think that's a great way to release a movie. But uh, I'm curious what you guys thought of it, because it seems like most people, well, like what I, the the reaction I was expecting was most people would like it, and some people would think it's boring, and that's about what it got. So mm -hmm. I'm pretty happy with it. But what do you think, um, Alex? You haven't, you didn't see the whole thing, I'm, did you? I haven't finished. Well, I've seen forty, fifty minutes before we had to record this. Oh, um, I enjoyed okay. what I saw. Um, mm -hmm. There's some, mm. I have some questions I want to ask you about it. Not like mean ones, but I guess are we like are we spoiling any of it or? Uh, we don't need to. You guys pay me if you want to see Nah, we can, yeah. So how far want. did you get, Alex? Uh, <laughs> God, I can't remember. Like I, winter? <laughs> Are you in winter now? Yeah, I'm in winter, yeah. The, okay. No, I'm in winter. Uh -huh. Did you meet you, Raymond you yet? Just, you, just, um, <laughs> you just hit the bong from memory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that scene. That's a great scene. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. The, like water <laughs> bong or whatever it's called, gravity yeah, bong. That was my roommate's. Yeah, my roommate's grav bong, <laughs> and that's him in the movie too. That, I'm like, okay, Jason, you're just gonna explain what this is for this take. And then oh, that's he did. so funny. It was fucking hilarious. So <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. You made this when you were 18. You were mm -hmm. not in film school yet. Like what? I wrote it when I right before I went to film school, and then the second I arrived in film school, I casted everybody and I got the crew, and we shot it over a year, cause the movie takes place over a year, and I wanted to like capture that. Like mm -hmm. you can see in the movie, like I lose weight, yeah. Tori changes her nose ring, and, and like Devinder's hair changes. Devinder plays Kyle. Devinder sing, and um, yeah. So I wanted to capture that, and yeah. then we shot it over a year. And then we edited it and did the music and everything. And when I was 20, I finished it. 
So, so are the it, basically all the actors in it are people that you like connected with in film school? Is that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like literally everybody that worked on it. Yeah, except Defender Singh and Artit and Chris, which were the three like uh, guys Tori was with, you know, in the house. Mm-hmm. Those are the only three I knew before film school. Okay. But that dude uh, who played Raymond. Like, he had that Boston accent. I'm like, you're totally perfect for this character <laughs> I am envisioning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, hi, I'm Cam. How you doing? I'm like, oh, you're fucking perfect. Yeah, you could you could tell that it was shot over a year. Just, I mean, there's, like, real weather in it. I didn't think you got, like, a snow machine or anything. Oh, <laughs> so, no. <laughs> Fuck that. Like <laughs> we can't afford that shit. Yeah, everyone just went out in the cold. Yeah. It was like The Revenant. That made me have real respect for, like, a... Uh, who was the guy who did The Revenant? Leo? Like, he shot that whole movie in the or, fucking cold. Or, yeah, Leo um, and the director, I mean. Inyaritu? Yeah, whoever the director was. Inyaritu, that's it. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for them shooting in the cold, because we shot in the cold for like two days, and it was fucking awful. Oh, man. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would be one of my strengths, is if I was making a movie and decided like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to film this in in Edmonton <laughs> or something, <laughs> like, like <laughs> negative 40 we're doing it. Yeah, you're used to the really cold Suck weather. Suck it up, actors. I thought, I thought I'd be used to it. I mean, I'm from New York. New York's pretty cold, but I can't imagine how cold it is up there. Oh, man. Yeah, I was born and raised in, in like, northern Alberta, so I'm very mm. much used to it. Um, I, I did yeah, enjoy sure. the film overall with the, with the information that this is made for $10,000 with film school connections by an 18 to 20 year old person. And I thought that considering <laughs> yeah. all that, it was good. But if, Thank you. um, oh yeah, no, I mean, it's something you should be proud of. It's something where you've sure. created something and it's under your belt. You know, it's, it's in your library. It's in your resume now. Mm-hmm. And it's experience too. There are individual, you know, shots and scenes that I like too. I thought that the shot of the cat with the window, I thought that that looked really nice. The lighting was the, well the done PA on that. Was good. But you didn't have any kind That's of it. like, like it was all pretty much um, like dogma rules lighting, was it? Like, did you no. have any other lighting or? No, I had lots of artificial lighting. Okay. Because in some parts I well. couldn't really tell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we did our job. <laughs> that's a, that's a nice thing to hear. Yeah, okay. there's lots of artificial lighting, I, uh, except uh, outside, obviously. Outside, we just went without it. Sometimes we had a diffuser, but that's it. Mm-hmm. I do feel like um, the strongest aspects of the film were the editing choices and the soundtrack. I felt like the soundtrack mm-hmm. was really well done, and I felt like a few of the editing choices, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. You know, mm-hmm. do you have an example? I just, I just love hearing. <laughs> let me let me look at my. Uh, oh yeah, the editing when you're listening through the door to her phone call. I thought that that was kind of oh. cool. How it was like it kind of um, helped the audience get into the head of the character, or I guess the perspective mm-hmm. of the character listening through the door. I like the shot when you're picking up the the sunglasses from the cup holder in the car. You can like see the, the reflection. I feel like mm-hmm. feel like glasses are a good way to get some cool shots in movies. Yeah, 
a quick story about Elias Ortega because he did the music. He's an excellent composer. Mm-hmm. I found him because he was doing. He did like movie soundtracks for movies that already came out. He did like his versions of them. Like uh, he did Nightcrawler. He uh-huh. made his own soundtrack for Nightcrawler. And I found him. He's in Panama. And I I said uh, I'll I'll give you money because he didn't have a music software either to make this stuff. I don't know if I should say he he had an illegal, an illegal copy Whatever. of the music <laughs> software, but <laughs> I don't know if I should say that. Let's just say maybe he did. And I said, <laughs> okay, well I'll, I'll, I'll buy you the software. I'll buy you the software, and you just do the soundtrack for me. And that was the deal we made. Right. <laughs> and he fucking did all the music. Nice. And he did an excellent job. We're really good friends now. He's doing music for me for something else also. And yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Super talented. Yeah, I enjoyed the soundtrack. It was uh it didn't it didn't feel like it was really cheap or anything. Like it didn't it didn't feel like grandiose or like it was like a symphony orchestra, obviously. Yeah, but it, it, totally it felt like it was made the, by the one person, but it didn't feel like it was a terrible person that made it. Garage or anything. band. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or generic it. cliche. Yeah. No violin sounds or any bullshit like that. <laughs> Fuck that. When we got that uh, shot zooming out of your eye, was uh, part of that digital or was it just like a really cool lens that went really... Uh... That was a camcorder because the, the only way I could get that effect was with like a camcorder zooming out. Mm-hmm. So we had a 4K camcorder, which we used for that shot. And we used it also for... Um, there's a shot where it's like a like a god i don't know i don't know how to say without spoiling it there's a scene where it zooms out of like a a tube Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, i know i know what that (laughs) is yeah okay that's what we used it for that also okay cool like it's hard to say without spoiling it but yeah we used it for a few times for like weird shots that would be hard to get with a normal lens i guess my the i i think the most effective and well done part of it from my perspective um was a part that would be kind of a spoiler i guess just it it was over a short period of time and something happened um <laughs> mm-hmm. uh there was, was some it violence. toward the end yeah it was towards the end was, oh um, like okay i thought that that was well done i think I, thank you but i think overall the reason why i say considering all factors like ten thousand dollars you're very young is because mm-hmm. still it's it feels like i could watch it not knowing you and and feel like it was a film made for really cheap by a, a young person with film school uh connections that were playing in the film like it still very much felt like like this is a product of somebody in film school yeah totally understand that yeah i mean like there's something there for sure and I'm really excited to see you develop your skills more. I would like to see, I would like to see you work with like older actors too, because I feel yeah. like that's that's one way to kind of help like break that kind of uh, vibe for a film. Like get some people in there like Everyone's 40s very young and 50s, <laughs> yeah. like do like a legit casting call, get like some crowdfunding and a bigger budget. Mm-hmm. And and I guess the only other like big issue i had with it was um like a lot of the audio wasn't that well done i feel like it was a little Mm -hmm. bit difficult to understand what some characters were saying in certain scenes 
and I guess it, it could either be how it's recorded or edited or perhaps even performed. Like I can't really pinpoint exactly why they were in in certain scenes. Like some of them, you could hear too much of the room echo. Some of them, it was like the noises, the white noise in the car was a bit too loud for to be able to understand the characters properly. But like that's all technical stuff, and like it comes with the budget too. And it's yeah, something that you can, thing. you know, work out the kinks with the more that you do it. Absolutely. I've been saying Thank a you. lot. What do you have to say, Alex? Um, I, I agree with most of what you said. Um, I, I kind of wanted to reel it back a little bit um, and ask, like, bare essential questions. Like, what camera did you shoot the film on? Oh, Blackmagic Cinema Camera. 2.5K. Okay. We didn't okay. need that 4K shit. <laughs> Because it, it does, it does good, look very good. Yeah, it, it does look, it does look good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you. The, yeah. What Adam said about the uh, the audio, I guess. Um, I feel like audio is a super underrated kind of difficult facet of mm-hmm. of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, Incredibly that we kind difficult. Of take yeah, that we take for granted because mm-hmm. sounds like in some ways is almost more important than what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really takes, you know, seeing every type of quality on the spectrum to to make you appreciate it. And then I was, as I was watching, I was thinking about what actually is the process of, you know, improving it or changing different ways of recording. And it's like all the foley and everything. It's like a lot of stuff to oh, yeah. juggle yeah. and manage. You know, oh, and I is. assume how much did you like edit did you share any of the load or did you sh- edit all oh yeah the audio i shared a lot or? of load with my friend jacob who's also like a sound guy and him and i mostly did the sound i had another friend of mine do some of the mixing like very minimal i had friends like look it over and tell me to lower this and and change that but, like the the there's tons of sound work on the movie tons and yeah you can you know, tell yeah, yeah, you could tell. And even so, it's still not perfect. Like the the amount of of ADR and Foley and just sounds of like me moving in bed. There's like there there's a scene where I'm like drinking root beer and I put the mm-hmm. that glass down. It's like twenty takes of, of <laughs> us having to pick up a bottle and put it down. And we had to get different glasses because this one sounded too empty. We had to put different kinds of liquids in it because this one didn't sound like it's fucking horrible. <laughs> the sound. It's like it's so hard to, to get these uh to get the sound done in a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much you have to balance with that. Yeah. Right. And especially when the movie's you know, so long. That's something you don't know going into it. Like, okay, so making a short is hard, but making a feature with like multiple scenes with all these different sounds is is really really difficult. Uh, so this yeah. is it was is this your only feature? Yeah, and I didn't like it, I didn't go into it thinking I wanted to make a feature. I just usually write a script and see what happens. And the original script is like really long. I think it was like 200 pages and I shortened it and I kept shorting, shortening it. And I'm like, okay, I want to tell this story. I'm 18. When else am I going to get to tell it? Right. <laughs> so I made it and you know, I, I used what minimal resources I had to my advantage. And you know, I see, I see the flaws in it, but like, you know, I'm really proud of it. We're all really yeah, proud that's of good. it. Um, how much did you have to adjust? Um, once you'd written it and then we're trying to make it a reality in terms of like well i did want to do this thing but making it a reality i'm gonna to have to you know maybe change this and that this detail here or 
you know, that kind of thing? Uh, actually, not a lot, because I usually I write with that in mind, knowing mm -hmm. that it's like there's some shit that's just not going to do. So keep the locations to a minimum, keep the amount of characters to a minimum. There's originally a few more characters in like the first two drafts of it, but then I shortened the amount of characters down more and more and more. There was a whole subplot with like uh, where where she goes to like a trap house or something. I cut that out <laughs> of the original script. There's, you know, there's just little things you trim out. But overall, once I had the final draft, I'm like, I could totally manage to make a movie like this. And uh, how did the shooting go in terms of like, when you got to the editing bay, were you like, oh no, um, I'm missing like a shot here that'll be perfect? Or, you know, did you have to do any uh, pickups or anything like that? Yeah, you have to do a few pickups. I'm mm. trying to think of a few. There was one scene, This there's a scene where um, a few guys are break into my apartment. I guess that's not spoiling that much. Like, mm. that was something I did later because that the story needed, like, a it needed a beat there. It needed, like, something exciting to happen. So I'm like, okay, let's add that in. And then there's a few shots we had to redo of, like, me driving in the car. But, you know, nothing, nothing that crazy. We mostly, I mean, we had to keep track of it and we had to shoot it in order. So there's, there's very little room to do a lot of reshoots. Mm-hmm. Because it's like I'm losing weight as it goes along. Tori's changing her nose ring. Like I, I got to mm -hmm. keep it pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. What's like a, an issue or a problem that came up that you were not expecting during the making of the film? Oh, there's tons. There's always really? tons. Usually it's people <laughs> not being able to show up. Yeah, really. That's the biggest Just issue with all people, these things. Yeah. Uh huh. Because you're not paying. Like, all of us were students, so mm -hmm. none of us were getting paid anything. We all did it for the love of it, you know, because <laughs> we wanted to. And also finding locations is very hard because yeah. people often cancel locations on you. Uh, you know, you have a set for this diner and then they're like, oh, fuck you. You can't film here because something else is happening. They're having a party that went on for <laughs> too long. So you're like, oh, OK, so we got to we got to get everybody and we got to move them to somewhere else and shoot here. And that's just something I'm used to dealing dealing with at this point. And you learn from it. Well, yeah, especially so. having like no money. <laughs> it's like you yeah, don't really have a lot no of money. persuasion when it comes to that right. for, for business. Because a lot of these people are doing it to be nice. They're like, oh, it's a film school kid. Emerson, like Emerson's a well-known film school around Boston. So they're like, oh, it's an Emerson kid. He'll film here. We get some publicity for the restaurant. And then like the day of, they're like, no, you can't. So you got to work something Lame. else out. <laughs> lame and then you gotta take all the people and you gotta delay the shoot by two hours and yeah but those are those things are always gonna happen it's just rough but you deal with it and then you move on yeah i i, I did i did feel watching it that i i would like to see you tackle some more like interesting kind of location scouting for some of the yeah. scenes i you know like the closer to the beginning it, it was you know kind of just like a residential neighborhood that you know felt like it could have just been any any suburban residential neighborhood i was like mm, i guess you know like part of that's kind of like the point of where she is but at the same time yeah. i was like ah, i could i could use some more interesting locations but i totally understand the limitations that come with having no mm -hmm. money <laughs> right so, <laughs> right that's exactly um, it <laughs> that is that is something that I'd, I'd like to see improved and you know see more of with whatever project you tackle next. And I I, hmm. I feel like asking you, what what would you like to see 
improved. Like, I mean, you'll probably think like everything, right? Like, yeah, you know, but... I mean, now I know so much more than I did when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Like, if I made this movie now, I'd do some things differently. But uh, now I'm ha- I know a lot more talented people. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. Uh, when you're making a movie when you're 18, it's hard to trust anybody with like major important parts like the director of photography like i was the director of photography on it because who the fuck am i going to get to trust with something that important so mm. with as, something as important as the look of the movie and to nail that like cold look i wanted and and that noirish kind of look but mm-hmm. also digital looking at the same time to kind of reflect the the themes of social media and texting whatever now i know people who are talented DPs and talented lighting people. And I would just have them do it now. <laughs> you know, that that's, that's the most important thing is that you get to know people and you get to trust them enough to give them that kind of clout on a mm-hmm. project. Like Tori, who was the actress in it from the, from the second I saw her headshot, I totally knew that th- she was going to play, uh, I get Delilah mm-hmm. say her name's Delilah. <laughs> Cause yeah. it's, uh, but, like I trusted her completely with it Mm -hmm. because i knew she was talented and it's hard to find people like that yep especially being so young and having no money (laughs) (laughs) yeah and especially not you know being in la or something yeah especially not there's not a lot of talented film people in boston hate to break it to you boston (laughs) yeah it's hard as hell to find really good people because you can find pros in L.A. Like, if you have money. And the thing is, now I have the kind of... Lover did very well financially. So I I could... Yeah, that is very good. I could get professionals to do sound and, and lighting and all that stuff next time. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which would be great. Yeah. But, like, when you're 18, the only guys you can get are your friends and people in film school. And a lot of them are very talented, but a lot of them also aren't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them will fuck up. <laughs> I knew I knew people who have made films, and they have students do the sound, and then they bring the uh, sound recorder to the uh, the the hub where they put all the equipment, the EDC. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And then the EDC deleted all the audio from the the sound recorder, okay. so they had to ADR everything. Oh and no! And the movie sucked, <laughs> even though it was beautifully shot. And the acting was amazing. None of the sound was there, so they had to do it all afterward. Lame. And it's really fake. Wow. Yeah, it is lame. But that That's kind so... of shit happens when you're making these movies. And so it you have to be organized and you have to be on top of everything. And that's why it's it's hard to trust people with that yeah. kind of stuff unless you're mm-hmm. a professional. Exactly. It's that's, it's it's very difficult. It's part of the reason why I'm such a control freak. I just I don't I don't I don't trust people to do anything right. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it <laughs> so you. many times, you know. But if you get pros, like you get some fucking sound guy who's been doing it for twenty years, which mm. I I knew people like that too. They have they have all students on the set except the sound guy because the sound guy you need a fucking good sound guy. Exactly, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, and when you get somebody who's probably the most important thing, that's somebody who you can learn mm-hmm. from too. Yeah, exactly. And also a sound guy you have to pay. Because the thing with a DP is, oh, I, I'll work for free because I could put it on my reel and it'll look nice. A sound guy doesn't have any of that shit. He doesn't have a reel. Yeah. He's just a sound guy. Yeah, true. <laughs> so you pay him a lot of money and he does a good job. That's what you need. Yeah, you were talking about um, 
sound being one of the most important aspects of a film, and I, I completely agree because when it's done very well, you don't notice it. You know, like you notice mm-hmm. it when there's exactly, something wrong yeah. with it. It's just one of those, one of those uh, aspects of a film where it's like, okay, you're doing your job perfect, and no one will notice. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. It's one of these. Yeah, That's sound very is very difficult. It. You have to be really. And these guys work really hard. They work so hard to get these sounds, these uh, these Foley sounds out. They have to be really creative. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, okay, you put the cup down, and no one, no one gives a shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Uh, yeah, it's rough. When did you um make the decision to? Because I don't, I don't remember from the way old trailers it being in black and white. Mm-hmm. The, um, originally a third of the movie was black and white okay and i changed it based on the season but that was something like a, a 18 year old pretentious film student would come up with and once i <laughs> got to like watching the movie like that i'm like this is really distracting it's constantly changing uh your the color correction and i oh, decided I to make it all black and white and it totally fit the movie way more to be all black and white it fit that noirish kind of tone i was going for way more it's also kind of represents those old movies that Howard was watching on the TV, like those, uh, yeah. like those romantic, uh, silly movies where everyone has the corny dialogue and whatever. Yeah, like it fit that way better. So I decided to make the whole thing black and white. Um, basically, I don't want to say last minute, but a few months before the final cut, I decided that. Right. Yeah, that's a normal thing. People change shit like that all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I noticed you uh, released the drones. Mm-hmm. A few I love times. my drone. I love my drone. <laughs> Is that the same drone that you like posted a video video on Twitter of? Like, yeah, it would have been a long time ago now. Mm-hmm. I got it. I, I yeah, I got it for Christmas, and I'm like, all right, I got to use this shit and love her. And the drone yeah, shots like are the, pretty cool on it. Yeah, the aerial shot where it's kind of following the car. Um, yeah, was really cool. Yeah. Thanks. I may have used it too much, but you know what? <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> I probably won't use it again. Or if I do, I'll use it sparingly, like maybe one or two shots. Well, it's like uh, on on the budget, how are you supposed to get big sweeping establishing shots if that's what you exactly. want without a drone? <laughs> You're not going to run mm-hmm. a helicopter. Buy a crane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's hard. A crane. What? You're not f- best friends with a millionaire? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> the black and white kind of hid the the drone shots too because the thing with drone shots it's always really obvious in a movie when it's a drone mm-hmm. like you're yeah. like oh they got some fucking drone to get that shot but i think the <laughs> black and white kind of made it blend better with the black magic footage and it mm-hmm. kind of gave it a, a feel that wasn't as like digital feeling mm-hmm. so I think how did helped. you find um staying in budget um was that a challenge or were you yeah. very organized in that respect Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm very organized with everything. Uh, I wrote down everything before. But what you, what you realize very quick is that $10,000 is nothing. Yeah, and literally. you're like, okay, equipment, renting equipment, renting lenses. And then that's like thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, food, uh, transportation. Uh, I got to get hotels for people. And then that's like, okay, 80% of the budget's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You're like, holy fuck. Yeah. What the f- 
So you got to find a way. Okay, I, I have a friend who lives here, so I got to get this actress into this guy's house so they can stay together. And I got to make sure it's okay with him. And I got to get all kinds of coupons. And I got to call <laughs> Chipotle and be like, this is a female empowerment movie. So <laughs> could you give us free food? And that, that oh, didn't wow. happen on my set. That happened on another <laughs> set we were that on. That sounds hilarious. Uh, yeah, I was on this friend <laughs> set. And the director was a, she's a very talented girl. Uh, Morgan. Yeah. And uh, the producer's like, uh, this is like a female driven, female directed film. Could we get some free burritos? And then Chipotle's like, of course. And they gave us like $200 to free burritos. That's hilarious. But that's the kind of hustling. That's the yeah. kind of hustling you got to do you if you creative. want this shit done. You got to save fucking money. Cause every, every actor and all the crew, they didn't take any money from me because they wanted all that money to go into the movie. Yeah. And you know, it is. It's all there. All the lenses and everything. It's yeah. hard as fuck. And now <sighs> with whatever next project you make, you fully understand exactly what to expect, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll be more prepared. You'll have better right. ideas, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'll have more people around. Because this is, I mean, it's proved to a lot of people that I'm I'm capable of doing some cool stuff. I just need more money and time and, and creative people working yeah. with me. And I already have other people that are willing to work with me now. Thank God. That's great. That's good. And That's awesome. Yeah. It's like, we're going to make something awesome next. So yeah, I'm excited to see to what that. you do. Yeah. Thank you. I'm happy you guys enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I'm happy. A lot of people enjoyed it because it's been pretty well received overall. I'm very happy with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You made something. Should be proud of it. Yeah. Thank you. You made a movie, man. It's crazy. Yeah. You're Ralph the movie maker. <laughs> That's You're right. You're Ralph the lover maker. <laughs> they don't call me that for nothing. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah, no problem. I guess did we want to... Uh, is there anything else we wanted to say where, about this? Where or? can people find Lover if they want to... Oh, well, it'll be on Amazon by the time this is up. And you can also find it at loverthemovie.com. And it's also on Vimeo. You just look up Lover and it should show right up. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. It's it's creepy and weird and it ain't perfect, but it's pretty interesting. And we're all very proud of it. So check it out. Nice. Got him. Nice. Got him. Goody. <laughs> Goody. <laughs> You're speaking of masterpieces. Fucking Goody. <laughs> Yeah. I was just happy I didn't make anything like that. You made a film better than Gotti. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've known a lot of kids in film school who who have way more money than me, and they make a short, and it's like it's like Gotti level, like it's just <laughs> fucking awful. And I'm like, wow, that's unreal how you had all those resources and you just made shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to name names, but like some of these kids get like they get like oscar caliber actors to be in their oh, movies really? and then you see yeah and then you see them they deliver this fucking awful dialogue that this kid wrote and it's like oh no <laughs> <laughs> you had all this and you blew it <laughs> oh, oh whatever yeah, thank you guys I'll, I'll i'll talk with you more more about this later ralph too cool oh great yeah you'll probably have some more critiques i bet yeah which yeah. is cool i'm a nitpicky yeah, boy it's totally cool <laughs> <Nitpicky>. <laughs> Yeah, some of it too is like, because uh, some people were confused on certain parts, and some of it I understand, but some of it's literally like, if you pay attention more, you'll get it. 
Like there's so many things that are either in the background or just require a second viewing to fully get. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I get okay. it. Very happy. We all saw the new uh, Spider Boy into the yeah, way better than Lover. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> I don't know. Are we going to compare every movie? <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. Amadeus, so much better than Lover. Yeah. What did you guys think of the new Sp- Spider-Man into the uh, Spider-Verse film? Best Spider-Man movie? Absolutely. By far? Oh, wow. Really? By far. Best, best mm-hmm. CBR movie I've seen in a long time. Oh, honest. wow. I just yeah. released my quickie last night. I don't know if you guys watched it. I haven't, yeah, I haven't had a chance to Did you to give it a 6 it. out of 10? I did. Okay. I enjoyed it. Ooh. Fucker. Hey. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Everybody, you, know, you have it's a so different funny. opinion. Like the, the, all the top comments are like, what? Six out of ten, but that's the same rating he gave Black Panther. But it's like, I gave Black Panther a five. Everybody's mad. Like, I don't think anybody's really <laughs> mad about like the content of what I said in my review, but they're mad that I gave it a six. Yeah. So people are really doing the comparison argument. You gave this a this, but you gave that a this. Yeah. And if I mean, you make I should that expect argument, it, you're a fucking idiot. Every <laughs> movie is different, and it should be judged on its own merits. And fuck you if you use that. You're an idiot. Well, I mean, like, yeah, it's, <laughs> to me, it, it's closer to a 7 than a 5, that's for sure. Like, it's either a 6 or a yeah. 7, but I feel like, just my own personal experience with it, I feel like if I did give it a 7, which, you know, it's closer to than a 5, I feel like it would eventually, it would become one of those movies where it's like a year later, I'd be like, eh, it's probably a 6. I guess there's there's not that <laughs> yeah. much that's like beckoning me back to watching it a second time. I feel like I feel like I got okay. what I wanted to yeah. out of it. Well, well, let's start with the negatives then. At that, yeah. Um, well, what do you think was wrong with it? Well, I I did really like the animation style and the concept, but I found that overall it was just kind of dressing up a kind of plot and sequence of events that was more or less kind of bland. I know you guys will probably disagree, but I felt yeah. like, like story-wise, like if you eliminate the the concept, it was just like, eh, you know, like kind of predictable. And yeah, I get it. Like it's supposed to be like a comic book. So what more can you really expect from it? But I just, I wasn't nearly as invested in the film as, you know, something like the Lego movie or even the first two Sam Ra- Raimi Spider-Mans, you know. Really? Mm. Yeah, we're gonna, we, we seriously have to go back to those original Spider-Mans yeah. and still. And yeah, we gotta we do that. Feel the same. We gotta do that, Alex. Like, I rewatched some of the old Spider-Mans just to yeah. like, just to get my fill on it. Like, do I kind of remember them? Not <laughs> like so. I watched them, and yeah, mm-hmm. they're, there's they're definitely dated. Yeah, yeah, but and this might be captures... dated in ten years, but I mean, right now it's pretty exhilarating. I mean, I don't original. know how this... It's so stylized, I'm not sure how it could ever look bad, you know? No, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that style of animation will, will not great. age. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, movies um... What was, what was the last Spider-Man movie? The one with Tom Holland? The, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That, what was it called? So that had Homecoming. some pretty bad Homecoming. CGI. Um, the, my biggest issue with that movie is how visually bland it was. I quite liked mm-hmm. the actual story and yeah. the acting and everything around it, but... It was a very bland movie. Um, yeah, it was really boringly <laughs> shot for the most part. Yeah, exa- yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Into the Spider-Verse, it's so visually interesting the entire time. And the techniques they use um, are, are so unique, especially considering this is this is Sony, you know? Like, yeah, that's <laughs> the most right shocking after Venom, thing. 
right after Venom. <laughs> like, it's amazing that they they greenlit this like okay, let's get this good script and then put a team of animators who are allowed to fully express themselves and try something new and not not yeah. been done before. It's it's and crazy. They were creative. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like they did something new with Spider-Man that was actually funny and original and unique in every way and it wasn't fucking boring, dark, bland Mark Webb mm-hmm. Spider-Man. And even that that Spider-Man video game, like I I still get shit for skipping those cutscenes. But <laughs> I mean, it's it's bland Spider-Man. It's oh Doc Ock in the lab again. Aunt May's at a at a what is she a soup kitchen? Like fucking okay, I've seen this before. <laughs> Whatever. This was so awesome and totally its own thing. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen before, especially from a Spider-Man movie. It reminded me a lot of Scott Pilgrim, just that energy and the mm-hmm. yeah. the comic Energy's book feel it had. I loved it, and it was fucking hilarious on top of everything. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. That was my one of my biggest concerns was the humor and the whole gimmick of the different Spider-Man from the different Spider universes. So I was mm-hmm. I was a bit worried that like the the anime looking one and the pig one would feel really weird <laughs> and out of place, but um. They make it work because they all fit into that central sort of character theme and they've all got like the same backstory and the whole point yeah. of the movie is about, you know, becoming Spider-Man and that it doesn't have to be rooted within one person. So I thought right. in that aspect, it it all, it was just a really solid script, you know. I think the mm-hmm. Phil Lord is the kind of glue that held the film together um, yeah, on top absolutely. of the, the pretty cherry on top that is the animation. Mm-hmm. And the, I mm-hmm. really, really like the uh, the character designs. Um, I feel like a lot of CG animated movies like uh, have really either mediocre, bland, or just straight up bad character designs. <laughs> Illumination. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, I, I really liked like the Kingpin. He was this huge, yeah. like rectangle, pretty much. You're just a head in the middle. Um, and, they, mm-hmm. and some like, shots, the, he just take up the whole frame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're really great. creative with how they use the characters with things like that. Yeah. And they, they, there were spins on classic characters as well that I won't spoil. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was mm-hmm. just, it was just really entertaining the whole way through. I, um, I, I found like the most ent- entertaining aspects of it myself personally were the action scenes. I felt like those were really well done. Like the yeah. whole the train thing, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's funny, you know, <laughs> like the unconscious Spider Man, and uh, mm-hmm. won't really spoil really too much, crazy. but um, yeah, I, uh, humor wise, like there, I I had some laughs, I had some laughs for sure. I I didn't find it to be like hilarious throughout. I did, I was not a fan of uh, Peter Porker, not a fan of the Spider Pig. I just the humor did really? not click <laughs> with me. Yeah. I was like, eh. I don't know why. That's the one I would normally be like, I really don't like that. But for some reason, and he's voiced by someone from Big Mouth as well. Yeah. Which I notoriously <laughs> really do not like, but I, I I found him really funny. I don't know why. It was like really yeah, simple. Yeah, I did too. Because like, I felt like it was so TV out of animation. place. It was just so yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> and that made me laugh. <laughs> I felt yeah. like the entire, you know, shock value of like, haha, he doesn't belong here was something that I got from the trailer. And then that was about it. Like once I saw the actual movie, I was like, yeah, well, this is still the same thing. You know? Yeah. See, I didn't see any of the trailers. I don't really watch these trailers. I knew yeah, he I was in it. Either. I knew there was yeah, like a spider pig. I didn't know noir Spider-Man was in it played by Nicolas Cage. And that was a yeah. nice surprise. I liked him. That was hilarious. Yeah, yeah he was awesome. Yeah. I loved him. There's a lot to appreciate about the movie. I don't know if you guys agree with me or yeah. not. Um, like overall, I, I really enjoyed the soundtrack. 
There were some good songs, but mm-hmm. there were two moments in the film where they there were some really serious implications. There were some tragedies, and they do the like I'm sad sort of montage thing, and the music mm-hmm, choices mm-hmm. in those scenes. One of them was like a little Wayne song. It was like I'm not <laughs> yeah. scared of the dark, and and I just, <laughs> I was like, man, I really want to feel the emotion of the character right now, but like the soundtrack just couldn't decide between like, are we sad right now, or are we also trying to be like really cool and have, you know, like a a, a soundtrack with a nice beat, you know, something like pop music yeah. for the kids sort of thing. I just found that like a little mm-hmm. bit conflicting, and and. I wasn't really able to properly experience the emotions that I wanted to at those moments. I don't know if you guys agree with me. You at took all the on words that. right out of my mouth. That, yeah, those were my only two complaints thing. with the movie. Yeah. Were those two moments where they used that music, and I'm like, yeah. this totally doesn't fit, and it, it took cheesy. me out of the moment. Uh huh. If those cheesy. two moments were in the movie, I think it'd be a fucking perfect movie. Honestly, I really don't have any other complaints with it, mm-hmm. especially for what it is. But yeah, I totally agree with you. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I felt the same thing. It's the first thing I said when I walked out to my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything I didn't like was the music choices. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole time I was thinking ten out of ten, ten out of ten, and then there was that one moment I'm like, ah, no, no, <laughs> don't blow it. And then it, the movie got back on track, and yeah. then it almost killed it at another moment. But yeah, and I, I guess it, you know, someone's overall experience is is going to be dictated just by how much each of those uh, individual aspects are weighted. Because I do feel like, mm-hmm. you know, even, even though it's like, yeah, it's just a song choice and yeah, it happens twice and it's not the whole movie, the overall tone winds up shifting for my experience in a way where it's like, ah, you know, like cheesy, like, eh, uncomfortable. Like I was kind of cringing at those moments, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the the characters themselves, what they did with Miles Morales, I thought he was excellent. I love what they did with Peter Parker, how he comes back and he's like this 40-year-old schlubby guy who's had like a rough life and, you know, his life is kind of falling apart. Like, they they took all these Spider-Man elements and instead of just doing nothing with them and being unoriginal and just pandering to nostalgia, they actually took them in new directions and did something genuinely creative with it. Yeah. Uh, You know. I, and I it was in a way to that. not annoy like Spider-Man fans who are looking yeah. for a certain type of character and a certain type of story. It still fits within what Spider-Man represents while offering something fresh. Yeah, absolutely. That's what they got right, is that no, no matter what they were doing, no matter what crazy bullshit they were doing, they had an understanding of the character of Spider-Man and that, you know, the great power with great responsibility, all that bullshit, they totally understood what made him tick. They They captured that like he gets beaten down by everyone and everything in his life but at the end of the day he stands up and he he just powers through it they totally captured that well too in a way that wasn't like literally taken from a comic book like homecoming was where he gets crumbled uh, like uh crushed by debris yeah <laughs> and he has to like get up like all right yeah, I thought the I humor helped sort of solidify that kind of tone as well, because it was able mm-hmm. to poke fun at Spider-Man over the years. Like, do you remember in what was it, the Lego Batman movies? Kind of like a love letter to the character in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I think this film's a lot better than the Lego Batman movie, but it, mm-hmm. it reminded me in, in in that kind of way where they were able to poke fun and homage like classic Spider-Man um, stories and characters, but. 
yeah, right. offer a fresh. The thing kind with of take. that Lego Batman movie though is like if you don't if you don't know Batman that well, I don't think there's much to get out of it mm-hmm. aside That's from I mean, yeah. like just spectacle. And I think and the, yeah. even in this movie, if you if you don't know anything about Spider Man, you'd still really enjoy it. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the writing for the humor is a lot better in um. Oh, Spider-Verse yeah. than in Lego Batman. It was way too it didn't rely kiddie. on references as much. Mm-hmm. Like they were they were there, but it was very brief. Most and of when them. it did reference, it was usually internally within the sort of Spider-Man universe as well. They, yeah. They broke the fourth wall once, and I thought it was genuinely kind of funny, um, which mm-hmm. is normally one of my pet peeves um, with a lot of like modern comedy writing. It's kind of like a crutch, a lot of people are falling into now where it's just break the fourth wall you know deadpool yeah. style they're all yeah. doing it now um, <laughs> right. so i was very glad then it wasn't like f- fucking deadpool mm-hmm. <laughs> i agree with you yeah i enjoyed it overall it's i just you know the 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 moments in the film where it was attempting a more serious tone of which there are a few of those i those those were the parts that kind of you know just had me kind of not really interested i felt like the stylization obviously helped a lot made it really upbeat really fun to watch but i feel like there was a period in time where maybe i just i don't know lost a bit of interest but it it, it almost felt like like the stylization just wasn't as present in kind of like the transition between second and third act where things were supposed to be like really serious and they you know just kind of didn't didn't really focus on the stylization as much. I don't know if you guys yeah, felt that I like way. that. Because then that would be distracting. Like, the stylization's great to get you into the story and everything in that first act, but once it starts getting to the more serious stuff, uh, it didn't really need that, I feel. Yeah. And plus, the, I love that the movie actually... I mean, it's an animated movie, and it's clearly for kids, but the movie actually had stakes. It had fucking guns mm-hmm. and death, and, like, uh, you know, characters die... And you're like, oh, maybe they'll come back because, you know, there's multiverses and whatever. And then, no, they don't. They're just mm-hmm. dead. Fucking deal with it. And that was cool, too. I felt, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but I felt like the death that uh, on the rooftop was a little cheesy for me. I wasn't really able to take that as seriously. The guy, like, mm-hmm. warped out of his car in two seconds and was like, right there like, eh. the, the animation logic made me forgive it like it's all very exaggerated yep. if it was like a live action movie then i'd be like how the fuck did that happen but yeah i guess I really so. care i mean I how guess. would how would how would that character even fit in that car if you were thinking yeah, about it no <laughs> that, you know, I, I get that huge. but when when the tone mm. shifts into like you're taking it seriously now and it's no longer for the moment or for however long they decide it's like oh this is not any this is no longer a kind of like ironic kind of fun quirky stylized thing then in those moments where it is saying hey you need to take this seriously then it is kind of more of an issue for me okay i could see that i just appreciated how everything fed into every character's like journey and arc there Mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of wasted space like i just saw aquaman the other day Nice. The oh, whole scenes you can just rip out of that film, and it wouldn't make a lick of goddamn difference. But was it good? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it's pretty entertaining though. If you've got like two and a half hours to fucking spare, it's long. Yeah. Oh, is it? But yeah. 
super long. I couldn't oh, believe how long that film was. Holy shit. Because it comes out when hours. I'm like away visiting my family for Christmas and I'm going to have to like convince oh, them to watch God. it or something. <laughs> oh. yeah. the, the UK gets no films except superhero films really early. So, Jesus Christ. Great. I can't watch that trailer. That trailer gave uh. me a headache after a minute. I can't imagine sitting there for fucking two and a half hours. Plus all the trailers and shit. Oh, oh man. So you well, were in I'm there for three hours it, watching so. Aquaman. Oh my god. That sounds horrific. It's uh <laughs> I, I have I have some opinions on it that I know will piss people off, but Great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well I guess I'll save it. Yeah, for well time. well I'll have seen it by yeah. the next episode anyway. We can talk about it then. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'll try to see it. I'll see if I can sit through it. Maybe it, there's like a torrent of it somewhere. It's not I wouldn't say it's boring, <laughs> is the thing. Oh. Okay. I was never bored. All I did. Right. I was crying when I left the, the <laughs> theater, like crying with laughter, because no, because I was the only one that was finding it funny. And nice. as I was leaving, like everyone, I just heard someone behind me go, "That was really cool. That was really <laughs> nice. I like that." And, and I just, I couldn't hold it, and, I, and tears were streaming down my face, and I just had to run back to my car. Oh That's my awesome. god. <laughs> um. So I, I guess uh, yeah, Spider Man. Well, yeah. I was. I mean, we we can move along if we want. Uh, is there anything else you want? You guys wanted to say about? Uh, Spider Boy. No, not really. You should all go see it. I'm biased. I would I'm recommend a Spider Man it for fan. Sure. I've always, I've always been a fan of Spider Man. That's why I'm like giving it a perfect score. Like yeah, I think if you're a hero, fan man. of Spider Man, awesome. I've always been a fan of Spider Man too. Well, then why didn't you give it a ten out of ten? You fucking, you gave Black Panther a six out of ten. That's <laughs> <laughs> What yeah, about you, Act? Best Spider Man This is six out of ten. Best Spider-Man film. Spider-Man fans will love it. Uh, fans of animation will love it. Fans of superhero mo movies will love it. Fans of Venom will love it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just a, I think a I think anyone would love it. Honestly. And um, yeah, I just want to shout out the the animators. Like the what's the last project they would have worked on? The Emoji Movie probably, and <laughs> and they got absolutely slammed for that. And now they get this this critically acclaimed darling of a movie. Um, and I'm sure they're very happy about that. Nice. So congratulations uh, to them. Don't watch this movie if you have epilepsy. Yeah. I'd say yeah, that. Don't. Or Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering that during the Spider-Man movie, because they usually put warnings if a movie has lots of quick cutting and crazy shit like this movie was doing. I was wondering if people are going to start suing. It wasn't nearly as bad as that Incredibles 2 scene, though. Like, that was a, oh, yeah, true, that's, yeah. That was a real... Mm -hmm epilepsy trigger right there yeah but that's one scene like this whole fucking movie from the get-go is like it's very colorful and fast-paced but it's not i don't it's not like a, a strobe light flashing super fast or anything mm. yeah which was I literally guess. incredibles too for for five minutes mm -hmm. yeah yeah what would you uh what would you rate it alex i gave it a four but um i really want to see it again which is rare for these big Blockbuster okay. superhero movies. I don't Me normally too. want to rush back and see them, but I can't wait to see it again. Yeah. I want to see it in the theater again. The sound was excellent too, just to mm. add. I loved all these techno, like dubstepy noises that actually fit the movie. And I'd like this crazy it sounded like the crank score or something. It's like <laughs> all these rock fucking like just weird sounds going on in the background that I loved. Really well done. Yeah. It was good. I would recommend it. Six out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Get mad. Yeah, six out of ten is a good score. It is good. It's so. literally a good movie. Yeah, it is. I don't know what people expect. 
You said it's a good movie. Six out of ten is a good score. Yeah. Who knows? People Maybe I'll give dicks. it a seven later, but I don't think I will. I think it'll stay at a six. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we're gonna go into the, <laughs> um, <laughs> the yeah uh, so, movie recommendation. Would you like to introduce spoiler, it? Spoiler, 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 spoiler. We're gonna talk about. Oh God, let me pull it up here. The movie is Amadeus from 1984. It's directed by Milos Forman. It's about the young composer Amadeus Mozart, as told by his friend Antonio Salieri Maron. And it's just about their life and how Antonio is jealous of Mozart and how Mozart's a child prodigy, but he's also an alcoholic and a fucking, he has his own problems going on. It's three hours long. It's epic. And it's a great, great movie. What did you guys think of Amadeus? I greatly enjoyed it. Um, I do have a couple of issues with it, which I'm sure we'll get into in a sec, but Adam? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed it also. I, I thought that it was a very interesting, very engaging story, and especially for the fact that, you know, it wasn't like a big spectacle of things blowing up and constant like mm-hmm. betrayal and blah, 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 but there were a lot of interesting things happening, and for a three-hour-long movie, it's like I didn't really feel the runtime at all. It was all really interesting and engaging and um, really great characters and performance. And uh, yeah, I, there, there's a lot of technical things to appreciate it. Apparently, this film has been viewed by a bunch of music professors that, that claim that there is not a single note that is mm. being misplayed for the film meaning meaning what the character is playing on the harpsichord or piano or violin or anything is all completely accurate for what you're hearing which i found to be super cool and i i noticed that it was like incredibly <laughs> accurate watching it myself but hearing that like scholars and and professors have said that it's literally perfect it's like wow i can't think of any other movie that that does that yeah it's really impressive the, yeah, the the attention to detail is in every facet of the film, from down to the costumes, the sets, the mise en scene. Um, it's very true to what it's trying to portray. You know, with the the makeup as well is very good. Every technical yeah. element and every visual element is very very solid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I read that uh, some of the operas that were performed were actually on location where they were originally performed which i find to be super really? cool yeah apparently they built yeah, very awesome. few sets for the film and and most of it was like just finding real locations and a lot a lot of them were things that they could actually use i really appreciated how they're getting really technical with the music and conversation when they're yeah in the dictation scene where they're writing it down they're using a lot of yeah i love that terminology that, that could potentially alienate audience members that don't really understand music but it doesn't really do it a disservice like you don't have to yeah. understand well, the exactly performances what they mean. really sell it you can tell the passion. There's some Aaron Sorkin said once, like when you have a character who's an expert in what they're talking about, just have him say a bunch of shit that the audience won't understand, and the audience will just go, "Oh, so that he clearly knows what he's talking about." Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what this of movie scene. does. Yeah, because especially me not being a music guy, you're totally like, "Oh, these guys, they know what the fuck they're doing." Yeah, you can't dumb it yeah, down because they wouldn't. 
legends, right. wasn't it? Her work. Yeah. Like two composers mm-hmm. talking to each other, trying to dictate a piece yeah. of music. They're not going to be like, oh, yeah. they, they're not going to pull a like Casino Royale and explain how the card game works <laughs> yeah. to the audience. Or like a Chris mm-hmm. Nolan and explain a quantum physics or, or black holes yeah. to another yeah. scientist. They're, they're not all of a sudden just <laughs> yeah, going like... to be like, oh yeah, pianissimo <laughs> means very soft. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they don't dumb it down at all. And that's not really even what the, the movie's about. I mean, the yeah. obviously it's about music, but it's about the characters and their struggle and jealousy. I, I loved uh, I loved the performance by the guy who played Amadeus Mozart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember that his name. Laugh. Tom Holchi. <laughs> yeah, he had an amazing laugh. But apparently Mozart had a laugh like that. He was like this fucking juvenile. Like, if you just met him, you'd think, wow, this guy's like the biggest idiot. Yeah. <laughs> which they introduce mm-hmm. very early on and then each just can shit out these amazing symphonies there's a scene where like uh antonio gives him his sheet music and then mozart plays he's like you know what i can make this even better and he just mm-hmm. comes up with this much better version that everyone listens to i looked yeah. up some mozart songs he has songs like uh lick me am arsh which translates uh, to yes. lick my ass <laughs> and I'm trying to find a few other ones yeah so he would just always come up with these symphonies yeah this one stick your ass to your mouth it's just all these ridiculous symphonies he'd come up with that were juvenile and he was a very just immature bastard but he was a really talented guy and that's what made him so fascinating because you have this other character who's very mannered and respectful and he's been studying music for years and he's really passionate about it and he's just not good he's just not as good as Mm -hmm. amadeus and he never will be and that fucking makes him furious. And I love that dynamic. It was mm-hmm. so interesting. Yeah, I liked so much that the movie didn't have Mozart as the sort of central anchored character, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was it was more from um, Soleri's perspective. Um, and the, right. that dynamic is the most interesting part of the movie. Yeah. And, it, and the way they sort of have what the other one wants or should have, you know, where one of them has the hubris and is over the top and eccentric and the other one is uh, reserved but doesn't have the talent and, and he's sort of fueled by jealousy and he's really manipulative and quiet. I thought that that was my favorite thing about the yeah. film for sure. I love that you follow him. It, like Antonio is so much more grounded than Mozart is and like having Mozart be the main character it might have worked but it's also he's he's so larger than life that I don't know if an audience would have identified with him as much as Antonio. Yeah. So I think it was a great decision. And it's a decision I've never really seen done in any other movie. You usually you make a biopic about a guy, you make it about the dude. Yeah. Yeah, I found it to be a much more interesting perspective to show. It really it really helped the movie work and flow together well. I really enjoyed his constant blaming of god you know like that there's no cosmic justice in the world where he feels as though he deserves all of the respect and recognition and and fame and and cultural importance as mozart and that he doesn't deserve it that Mm -hmm. he's more or less just like born with this magical talent and ability and he's you know the main character has been struggling his whole life trying as hard as he can to achieve that but can't and so he's just fed He's filled with all of this rage against the universe or God because of this. And I, I found that really interesting. Yeah. I mean, you never got the sense that he was lazy or he didn't deserve it because he did work very hard. And I, I related to him a lot. But 
he just didn't have it. He didn't have it like Mozart did. This fucking mm-hmm. idiot who comes in <laughs> and he's like, this fucking guy, he's, he's <laughs> brilliant. How is this fucking guy better than me? <laughs> so how much um, creative liberties do you think the film took story-wise? Is my question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> many, many. I, I don't even think Antonio's a real person. I don't even think it's a real character. I what? think they just made him up. I think so. Is he? It could be. We should have looked this up before. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll look it up now. But I remember reading somewhere like two years ago. I, I didn't do a lot of research. I've, I've just seen the movie many times. Um, but I don't think he's a real guy. Or if he is a real guy, it's very loosely based on him. It's it's based on a play, isn't it? Uh, like someone's written a, a stage play. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's based on a stage play. Yeah. Uh, oh, Antonio Salieri is a real composer. My friend was saying that apparently he was like good friends with Mozart and that it, there wasn't really this sort of uh, constant hatred and animosity towards him and that people shouldn't really take it as a documentary. Oh. I didn't do the yeah. research for myself though. So, No, I didn't do any research either. Oops. Apparently you're right, Alex. There was a Alexander Pushkin wrote a play about it mozart and salieri 1831 yeah so maybe i i didn't i saw it i saw it more as like a a drama first before being like a biopic Mm -hmm. Mm because it it seemed to me how every character and all the all the themes were relaying back into the central idea of um you know religion and not being able to accept when (laughs) You've sort of been beat in terms of your 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 what you're capable of, because that that's the only reason this main character is drawn to doing what he what he does, because he's just obsessed with someone who's better than him at something, and he just yeah. can't accept the fact that there is someone else out there who is better than him, which is mm-hmm. which is something that be, people just have to get over in everyday everyday life, you know. Yeah, like there's always there are always going to be people people better than you, and if you constantly obsess over people that succeeding over you in something that you're passionate about um, you, you're never going to get anywhere and you're going to have a miserable life like this main character ends up having he he, mm-hmm. he goes to his grave presumably you see him as an old decrepit man still obsessing over this one guy who mm-hmm. yeah has, he's left a history whereas he is he's nothing and also mozart has his own issues too he has a fucked up life so it's like you're you're inspired you're aspiring to be this other person and this other person has an awful life too. Yeah. <laughs> like it won't bring you any happiness even if you had all the talent. I mean there's even points where he takes Mozart's music and it's like okay, well that didn't bring you anything either. Yeah. It's that grass is always greener idea. It's like you you think that's what you want until you actually have it in your hands. You'll just never be happy if if you never accept the fact. Yeah. You just need to be happy with yourself and your own talent. What I really love about how uh, his character is presented is that you'd you'd often see a character where it's like they're jealous of of this guy and they feel like they deserve it and you know a, a lot of the times it would present itself in a really black and white kind of way but I really enjoy yeah. that um, it's incredibly apparent and very well communicated that he loves and appreciates Mozart's compositions and he's I, I love the the dialogue where he's essentially explaining to the audience giving more perspective on each of the 
opera pieces that he's watching being performed and saying how like this one is the darkest one after his father died and this mm -hmm. is the emotional toll that was placed on Mozart and this is how it shows through his work. I really loved that this character was aware of that and understood and appreciated all of that. Like the guy clearly adored his compositions and that's his part of fan, where his yeah. rage came from. Yeah, is that he loved him as an artist but didn't like him as a person. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's what it is what makes the film work. I think that perspective is much more relatable than a Mozart who is a almost like a natural born prodigy genius, yeah. It's way more relatable to relate to the, the person who's jealous of it, you know, who's a more grounded regular person who's just done everything right by his own mind and um is just facing this internal conflict that you just can't get over. Mhm. Mm it's it's easy to imagine like the the Oscar bait boring biopic version of yeah. this. Where, like, oh, you start with him being young, and yeah, he had a rough childhood because he was always playing piano. But man, people really respected him when he grew up, and then, oh, he falls apart at the end. It's like, oh, this movie, that movie would be so fucking boring, and we've seen it a million times. And again, the way they chose to tell this was so much more dramatic and interesting. Mm -hmm. Alex, you said it's not even like a biopic. <laughs> and it's a shame that like biopic is associated with just that kind of boring, yeah. like mm -hmm. darkest hour paint by numbers. or something like that. It's like paint by numbers. Like, oh, if you tell me the name of the guy it's about, I could pretty much tell you the whole fucking movie. And this movie is so not like that. I felt like there was a lot of character to characters that weren't even <laughs> really fleshed out or developed. Like one of my favorite... Uh... One of my favorite characters to watch was like the fat guy who had all these really weird facial expressions and like you'd always yeah. cut to him and he'd he'd have the perfect reaction to something. It's like, who is this <laughs> man? I really loved uh how they they uh presented the aspect of dealing with censorship, trying to get these performances or these these operas produced and created but they were dealing with this mm -hmm. like oh yeah well what will what will the government think about this or like yeah, we, we shouldn't have like ballet or we shouldn't have anything with any <laughs> kind of tones that would cause conflict between the rich and the poor even though they they uh -huh. haven't even read it they don't even know what's really in it but they're mm -hmm. so quick to to try and censor and control what he's creating and it's just like, I, I love that that aspect is is in there, too. Yeah, that's universal and timeless. Apparently, people have always been dealing with that. Artists have always just been struggling with people who don't understand their art at all and are trying to control it. The whole part where uh, they, they, they silence the ballet, so all the dancers are just dancing in silence. Yeah. And the king's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck's going on? <laughs> that was great. Mm -hmm. It's quite self-aware too, because um, I was I was reading about the film, and and obviously no big production companies wanted to fund it, so they had to be creative in in terms of how, where and how they got their money. Huh. It's a pretty modest budget, I suppose, eighteen million. Wow, eighteen million dollars. Yeah, that's impressive considering just the the scale of it. Again, it's not so. it's not like a big blockbuster, but just the the what what we were saying earlier, the fact that they got real locations and real opera halls and. The sets are huge, and the castles feel lived in and ginormous, and all of that just adds so much authenticity to everything. Great costume design, great props, and yeah. all that. 
Great use of Mozart's music, too. Yeah. Like yeah, they, yeah. He would be playing music, and then they'd cut to like a little montage scene of them driving a carriage or something. Really well done. Oh, yeah. I really, um, I really enjoyed the editing in certain scenes when, I guess also in the dictation scene, but there was an earlier scene where he was like reading through his music and, and you'd hear the music itself as it was being read. Like as yeah. it's being yeah. described, you're, you're able to connect to what the actual part of the performance being referenced is. And I thought that that was really cool. Mm-hmm. It's good that it wasn't cheesy too. Because that could have easily been like a corny, oh, look, Mozart's, he's coming up with that one. He's coming up with that song you all know. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, it, it makes sense because it's so grounded. Mm-hmm. Ralph, so so the version we watched was the director's cut. Was this your, your first time watching the director's cut? I think I'd seen the director's cut before. I really don't remember which ones I've seen before. But watching it again, I think I've been watching the director's cut my whole time. Because apparently it's very difficult to find the theatrical cut. We didn't specify last episode which one to watch, but I was just trying to find the theatrical cut because I figured maybe people would want to watch that one because it's shorter, and I can't even find it. (laughs) It's really hard to find. The Blu-ray I got is the director's cut. Uh, The version on Amazon is the director's cut, right? Yeah, Amazon and iTunes iTunes both are director's director's cut. so. So I figure maybe they just don't want people to see the theatrical cut. Maybe they figured... Like, people back then needed it, but the director's cut's much better. I honestly don't know, but you don't feel the length at all. Yeah. I watched this whole fucking movie thinking, oh, I'll watch it, like, halfway. And I watched the whole thing because it's just so entertaining and gripping and funny. And uh, all of the performances are great. We've hardly mentioned his wife in it, Mozart's wife. And Mm -hmm. and she's a great character, too. She always calls him Wolfie. It was, like, really Mm -hmm. sweet, almost. Yeah, the uh, apparently in the theatrical cut, one of the scenes that was not included was the first initial conflict between her and uh, Salieri, which oh. if you remove oh, that, really? then, you know, it's not as easy to understand, even though, you know, many years later, it's not as easy to understand her being un- so uncomfortable with him near the end. It feels a bit less yeah. justified. Oh, right. And apparently mm-hmm. that, that wasn't there in the theatrical cut wow i didn't know that so i guess i've never seen the theatrical cut because i always remember that part there you go we figured it out i love how much they showed of each of these performances yeah and again that was apparently cut down in the theatrical version but Mm. i really loved how just watching and comparing these different uh operas and performances we see the one that's kind of like I think they described it as kind of like a vaudeville one where um, it was like the, the Michael Bay of operas in a way. And <laughs> and it's just so yeah. clearly like pandering and, and like just spectacle over art in a way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I love how they touched on that in the film. And, you know, the characters were describing like, oh, this, this audience wouldn't even know when to clap. You have to have a big bang at the end. Like you got to dumb it down for these people. <laughs> and that's just like another form of of censorship in a way. Yeah, that last chapter is pretty sad. Uh Mozart's like final years where he's like a total drunk and he's doing plays like that and no one respects him. Can we talk about the uh accents for a minute cuz it's the one thing yeah. that kind of distracted me. <laughs> um I was I was very confused as to where 
lots of the film was taking place because of of course you have people speaking some are speaking in their native tongue like there are there is the Italian character isn't there and there's the some people speak with like an American accent others are yeah. English um, so I was very confused as to where it's, it was supposed to take place so I actually had to go and like uh, research where it was supposed to take place and I, I and also in the, in the trivia for the film I was reading it was like a very intentional decision because um, they didn't want the the accent part to kind of take anything away from the performances which are like excellent from the main characters okay. but um, yeah I did find That's it kind of jarring at first to get used to. You do get used to it after a while because the film is so long and it's like a whole journey. Mm-hmm. But at first I was kind of thrown off as to... It, it's just weird hearing like an American accent yeah. Um, in in, yeah. in this kind of context. Yeah, I agree. I could see that. It didn't really bother me, but I get it. That was kind of my main my main complaint. Um, you guys said you didn't feel the length at all. Um, there was a, a little bit where I did... Um, in the second act somewhere in the middle where it was kind of moving focus way more onto Mozart for a huge chunk and you, you weren't really seeing anything from um, uh, Antonio. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was I was kind of getting a bit frustrated. I really wanted to go back to that character because he was, he was what was really holding it together for me. And, and there is the payoff where they, they do kind of have that great scene where they're working together sort of one last time. Yeah. So I don't know it if it like, bothered me. It's like the Avengers teaming up. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, those are the only things I really noticed. Um, I liked how the the film was all naturally lit. I think um, no artificial lighting. Yeah, pretty sure. Mm. I mean, I think it. I think they used artificial lighting. It wasn't like a Barry Lyndon, but it looked very natural. Yeah, um, it was all really well shot. Not as well shot as Barry Lyndon, that's for sure. No, and it's no, like difficult not to compare also when we're talking like period pieces. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't as showy, definitely. Um, and the lighting felt very natural. Like, none of it was distracting. And lots of oranges in the color palette to, like, mirror the the candlelight and all that. But, yeah, uh, it, it looked really good. It's a really good-looking movie. Yeah. It was all very competently and professionally shot, for sure. There was nothing mm-hmm. that was, like, a big spectacle where I was thinking, like, oh, man, this crazy shot that they did. How did yeah, they do that? There totally was nothing like fit. that. But, yeah. Like, that wasn't really the goal of the film, so. Mm-hmm. I, I also really liked how there were very long scenes, but I was noticing how long they were, but they weren't dragging, they weren't dull, they were just interesting the whole time. Like, it's just characters t- talking for the most part, but the dialogue is so good, the performances are so good, and what they're saying is so interesting. That, um, yeah, and, and the movements, there's lots of, like... Uh the blocking is fantastic there's like that mm-hmm. scene where mozart and him are, are reading off the sheet music and writing it together and uh antonio's like behind the the bed what's the front of the bed called like whatever that fucking thing is and there's like the separation between them and mm-hmm. then he comes like closer together and leans in and the the angle changes like it, it was all really effective and and uh well edited and yeah it's just really well done yeah. it was purposeful mm-hmm very purposeful but also not distracting or showy it, it just it it all blended together really well mm-hmm. this isn't a film where i like compared to a lot of others i didn't really write a lot of notes down yes yeah, it's yeah same here it's just really well done and entertaining and a fascinating character piece yeah i would definitely recommend it i really enjoyed it 
I thought it was very, very engaging, especially considering that it's just mostly dialogue. Yeah. It's the performances carry it, which mm -hmm. is really interesting characters with uh, amazing performances. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it's a perfectly executed movie in every way. I have no complaints with it at all. I I really tried, like, because this is like the fifth time I've seen it, I really tried looking for something I didn't like. And maybe they cut back to, like, old Antonio a few too many times. Like, mm. maybe we didn't need some of those scenes. But, like, that's it. I, I thought this movie is exceptional. I give it a 5 out of 5. I love it. Yeah, I'm nearly there. I feel like um, if I see it again, I'll actually get more out of it each time. Um, I'm sure you mm -hmm. have with each viewing, if it's oh, yeah. that hard to find anything to really pick apart. Yeah, it, it is very long, so be ready for that. Um, if you're out there, you sit down for three hours and have a chunk ready. But it is consistently entertaining. Every element of it is very thoughtful, as we've already said. There's also a lot to take away from it, just in terms of what it's about with the um, what we've already talked about with the not being able to come to terms with when you're beat by other people, you know, all, the, all this kind of thing. Um, I give it a four out of five. Yeah, I'm with Alex. Uh, I'd like to see it again, and we'll see. We'll see exactly how my rating changes, but uh, really loved it, and I would give it a uh, eight out of ten. Nice. Happy you guys liked it. Yeah, boy. Nice. Tons of great movies tonight. Yeah. yeah. Ready for questions? Yeah. Okay, so this is the part of the podcast where we answer fan questions. If you want to leave your own for us to answer, head over to the Sardonicast Reddit page where Ralph will leave a thread for you to ask any question you please. That's so right. this, the first question comes in from uh, B-Dog7171. Who says, mm. what are some of your favorite movie posters? Ooh, I love the alien one. Yeah. yeah it's a very good one. The mm -hmm. tagline is the one that sort of makes that one. Yeah, that's a great tagline too. Not a lot of great taglines in movies. So. Yeah, that's true. I like the lobsters poster a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With... I like all of Yorgos' posters. Yeah. yeah. Killing yeah, the Sacred Deer has a great way. one. Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. It's so simple, but it conveys the tone perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, I like the posters that kind of summarize the whole film in one image, and it kind of represents everything that it's about. Yeah, yeah. there's a few movies out there that I can think of where the poster is what got me to see the film, where I'm like, oh, that's intriguing. Yeah. Like, Hard Candy has an interesting poster. Yeah. The image yeah. for uh, Haosu was how I discovered that film. It, you know, it was oh, yeah. <laughs> a thing a really on my T-shirt, you know. The Thing has a great one. There's tons of great posters mm -hmm. yeah. out there. Um, Enemy one. has a great one. Enemy literally helps you figure out, piece together the puzzle of the mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. Cache. Oh yeah, Cache's got a good one. I like the airplane poster, where it's like the plane that's tied in a knot. Oh yeah, that's, that's a great a really, one. Yeah, that's a really good one. It's a really simple, but yeah, effective but one. Again, represents exactly what you're in for, yeah. Mm -hmm. hmm. uh, Vertigo. I love the Vertigo one. And I love Pulp Fiction. That's a simple one, of course. but I like it. I like, yeah, I have it in my room. Like every film student does. What a <laughs> fucking gay guy, am I right? <laughs> gay! Gay! Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch we're not thinking of right now, but yeah, They Live has a good one. Yeah, there's just so many. I bet if I had more time to like find a bunch, 
Uh, Manhattan. Manhattan is a cool one. Mm-hmm. The room. Tommy Wiseau's <laughs> face <laughs> tells you everything you need okay, to know. Okay, what about, about the movie. what about um, shittest posters you can think of off the top of your head? Oh, shit! I have one. Yeah, I have one on my phone. I gotta find the name of it. It's literally the worst poster I've ever seen in my fucking life. Oh, what, what, oh I hope what, I could find it. You what guys, is it? you guys try to find uh, some too. Uh, left behind that Nicolas Cage <laughs> movie has <laughs> a really funny yeah, poster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool cat saves the kids. Justice League had a bunch of really bad posters too. Yeah, there was the X Men ones where it's like the silhouette of uh, it was X Men First Class. That's it. It was like a silhouette of um, Doctor Xavier and Magneto, but they felt they needed to like superimpose James McAvoy's face onto the poster. And like put it at like like eighty oh, yeah. percent opacity. It looked fucking terrible. It looked terrible. It looks terrible. Awful. That is I can't the answer. believe they that did that. The, that might be yeah. the worst one I've ever seen. Yeah. Those are yeah. dreadful. I mean, beside that, it was a pretty cool poster, but then you, they fucking ruined it with that. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It looks disgusting. Anything where you can tell it's like severely photoshopped. Like that ready yeah. player one poster where he has the super long <laughs> leg. Ugh. It's like what? <laughs> What happened to your well, leg? They feel like they have to they have to put every star's face in the poster just to sell the the star power of it. That Spider-Man Homecoming poster, speaking of Spider-Man, it's fucking awful. There's <laughs> yeah, one of them it looks like it looks so cheap. It looks like a fan poster. It's yeah, it's very strange. Mhm. Not a fan. I can't fi- I can't find that one. <laughs> I think a lot of the posters that I like, well not a lot, but uh, uh, you know, a decent amount of effective ones are usually created from just taking a single frame from the film, like the white ribbon. Yeah. It's like you've the entire movie is like you could make a poster out of in any way. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Manhattan did. That's why I love that poster. It's just very simple. Playing it cool with uh, Chris Evans and Michelle Moynihan. That has an awful one. Mm-hmm. If I ever find this this other poster, I'm gonna post it on Reddit because it's <laughs> like so bad, like unreal how bad well, it worse is. Worse than that X Men one. Yeah, worse than the X-Men one. They have, really? like, a shadow on this guy's face, but it's done in Photoshop, so, like, half of his face is blue. It's like, oh, my God, did you think that looked real? That looks fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, so, there's tons whatever. of bad ones. Biodome. Yeah. You can <laughs> tell it's a shit movie before you... <laughs> Biodome. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. There's tons. Um, Aquaman with the <laughs> with the sharks. Oh, uh, the yes, The sharks from Getty Images. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head there with that um, <laughs> X-Men one. That, that, that's yeah. astonishing. I, I've never seen that before. <laughs> like, I cannot believe that exists. Yeah. <laughs> that would, they hung that, that up in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> I want a copy of it now to put it in my room. <laughs> oh, I want yeah. both of them. <laughs> Man. Oh, I'm totally going to do that. I love, I love owning posters for just bad movies. I got one for The Last Airbender. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I had an Assassin's Creed Unity poster and a My Big Fat Greek Wedding two poster because I just found them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've so actually I got a, I have a really cool um hand painted uh Who Killed Captain Alex poster. Nice. That oh. came that came from Africa from the people that actually worked on the movie. Oh, yeah, you mentioned it in your video, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, awesome thing. It's like in my yeah. living room. It's a great piece of art. Yeah. Awesome film. I love that yeah, movie. Great movie. Props to them. 
It's hilarious. I just watched it last month. <laughs> nice. With my brother. Oh, really? Movie, movie, <laughs> movie, movie, What's movie, the guy's movie. Name? DJ. The DJ. DJ on the yeah. Mic. <laughs> so brilliant. This is Uganda. After he hits that woman, welcome to Uganda. <laughs> I feel like every film that exists should have a version where DJ Emmy is, or sorry, VJ, VJ Emmy is, is voice jockeying the entire film. Every movie. I would pay. We need to bring that, that guy here and just like set him up in the studio and just have him record a bunch of commentary tracks. <laughs> I swear he'll make a fuck ton of money. Yeah, we need to we need to crowdfund that. Mm-hmm. Movie, movie, movie. Yeah. <laughs> Schindler's list with VJ Emmy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh into the oven they go. <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. Got him. <laughs> Got him. All right, next okay. question. Uh, Brenniger says, have you guys ever fallen asleep during a movie in theaters? Has that ever happened very to you guys? Proud, very proud to say I've never done that. I've come close a few times, but I've never pulled the trigger and actually mm -hmm. closed the eyes. I have. Um, really? <laughs> what was it? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't think it's happened any time recently. Oh, I um, remember. But... Yeah, there's there's been a few. When I was a kid, I fell asleep in Free Willy. When I was a little older, <laughs> I think like teen teenager or something, um, I fell asleep in The Town with Ben Affleck. And then my favorite one to oh, tell yeah. about these <laughs> is how I yeah, fell asleep. Told us this one. I, I fell asleep in the movie Awake <laughs> with Hayden Christensen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, okay. Yeah, that's that's. I was good. proud of myself when I woke up. I was like, this is great. But I I'm the type of person where like. If I want to stay awake, I can. Like, I, I'm never the guy that, like, falls asleep on the couch watching a movie. Usually I'm waking other mm -hmm. people up if it's, like, super late or whatever. I, I always find it, like, relatively easy to keep myself awake. But there's some movies where I've just, like, I guess I just gave up, mm -hmm. you know? It's like, nah. Did you ever see The Town again? No. Like, wow. <laughs> I think The Town's a pretty good movie. Yeah, I remember liking it when I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, is that your guys dog? ever um it was <laughs> I, heard my, I don't yeah he's just Aww. out there he, oh, wants, he wants in <laughs> no bad boy stop barking um oh, have okay. you guys ever have you walked out of a film before because you were so furious or angry or bored or whatever uh, i don't think so i usually I've stick it close. to the end I, yeah. I nearly walked out of that will ferrell film uh land of the lost oh that's but, a fucking awful movie yeah i don't blame you <laughs> Yeah, I came close with that, but... I almost did with Identity Thief. With uh, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy and Jason Bateman. Yeah, that film is that movie insulting. Is uh -huh. it's insulting. It's insulting. Yeah. The, the, that woman is such a bitch. And then they're mm -hmm. like, oh, but she was fat. So yeah. she's been bullied she a, a lot. Life. Yeah. So oh, it's okay that, that she's film. a horrible bitch. It's like, no, it's not. It's not okay to steal people's identities and act like a bitch and be a criminal. I don't <laughs> relate with her at all. I hope she goes to jail forever. <laughs> I uh I really wanted to walk out of Clouds of Sils Maria uh with Kristen Stewart and uh oh it was a very long very painful experience but it was in a it was at Vancouver Film Fest and one of the theaters that they use is basically just like a repurposed church and we were in the we were in the center of the aisle and it would literally would have been impossible to leave so we were kind of trapped there because there wasn't enough room to get past people, and it was just like, oh no, it was so it was so painful. It was a very painful <laughs> experience. 
Yeah, okay. well, Kristen Stewart's in it. I can imagine. She <laughs> she got like a French Academy Award for that film. Really? Really? She can't a lot of people loved it. A lot of people love this she always director. Always has her mouth yeah. open. Oh, I I did not enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll never see anything with her. Twilight, that was it. Robert Pattinson's Robert been doing Pattinson's, great. Yeah, he's lucky I gave him a chance with a <laughs> with that movie. Good time. He pro- he proved himself with that. I was like, okay, you're a good actor, Robert Pattinson. But <laughs> the rest of them, ugh, the Twilight crowd is just awful. All of them. Rami Malek, too. He was in Twilight. I forgot about yeah. that. Was he? Yeah. Briefly. But he's great. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Not in Twilight. But <laughs> Lee Dumb asks, if you, had, if you guys had a friend who liked the Madagascar series an unhealthy amount, how would you go about getting help for them? <laughs> well, we do. Right? Didn't you give Madagascar 2 a 5 on a letterbox, <laughs> what? Alex? What are you talking about? <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to read this review. <laughs> you guys keep talking. I'll, I'll be right with you. Are you familiar with the Madagascar series, Adam? Yeah, I watched you the know, first I like to move one. Move it. Fuck. <laughs> it's not good. Oh. Um, well, maybe I'm going to have yeah, to change I my, uh, them. my recommended movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was genuinely yeah. battling with, um, with recommending Madagascar 3. Oh no! Um, but I, <laughs> I, I didn't want to t- torture you guys. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. It's your, yeah, it's if you your call. Madagascar three. Madagascar <laughs> two: Escape from Mort is an important seminal film. First off, the emotion. Wow, the themes of racism hit hard. <laughs> First off, the love triangle between Gloria Moto and Melman is striking and honest. <laughs> All right, I've had it. It. This goes on for like two paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, I really uh, am not a fan of the character design in those films. <laughs> really? Yeah, I love the they character all look design. Like blocks, you know. Yeah, I don't like it. It's very oh, unsettling, uncultured. I'm not a fan of the humor. I'm not a fan of Do any like of the, it. Really, the penguins. I don't really like it. You don't like the penguins? Come on. You have to admit the penguins. No. <laughs> <laughs> they got their own spinoff. How about King Julian, the lemur? He's my least favorite. And the penguins oh, yeah? movie wasn't very good, but... Okay. Mm. Well, you guys haven't really answered the question, but... Okay. Well, I don't know what I would uh, do. Well, um, <laughs> I usually... If somebody uh, electroshock has really, therapy? <laughs> if somebody has... If somebody really loves something that I don't, I usually don't try to change that. <laughs> Um, I'm just like, well, whatever floats your boat, I guess, you know. Next week, Alex is going to be replaced with someone else. <laughs> be fucking, uh, who can we get on here? Movie King Bob? Julian. <laughs> King Julian. Yeah. That'll show him. Yeah. All right, I guess we can I do I have one a real question, question if you want. Or... Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah let's do one. one more. Dr. Fuzzy Slippers says, I have a fun one. What does Christmas movie mean? What defines a Christmas movie? It takes place on Christmas, so that's why Die Hard is the best Christmas movie. There seems to be some debate about that for some reason. Does that count? Um, well, who's the guy who always makes movies takes place? It takes place on Christmas. Shane uh, Black, isn't it? Shane Black. I was about to say Spike oh, yeah? Jones. <laughs> Shane Black. Yeah. He's the one that did that Predator movie, right? Uh, mm-hmm. 
which is apparently awful. I haven't seen it. it. I, I fucking hated it. I saw it recently. <laughs> okay. I couldn't stand it, yeah. Can't wait to watch it. Not set on Christmas, though, so I was very upset about that, especially. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. first one in a while. I didn't know that was a thing that he did. Yeah. Yeah. Lethal yeah, Weapon did films, it. Uh, Iron, Iron Man 3, 3 did it. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice Guys, right? I is can't that on remember. Surely. It probably is. Yeah, just whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, very few Christmas themed movies that I would say are good. So I'm willing to have the definition of Christmas movie be as broad as possible just so we can have more decent movies in there. Yeah. Which do you like, if any? Brazil. Nightmare Before Christmas is good. Oh, Brazil. Gremlins? Yeah. Gremlins. Gremlins is very good. Yeah. Home Alone? Nah. I haven't seen that, that in a while. <laughs> I haven't seen it since I was like six. So. Yeah, a lot of these movies age horribly. We tried watching Christmas Story uh, last year, just to, you know, for old time's sake, and wow, is that movie fucking awful. It's unbearable. <laughs> it's so bad. It's not funny. It's like trying to be cute, but it's so dated. We yeah. fucking shot it off like 20 minutes in. I can't stand that cutesy bullshit. It made me want to Gouge my fucking eyes out. <laughs> Did you ever see the uh, Seth Rogen Christmas movie called The Night Before? No. I thought that wasn't mm-hmm. bad. I was act- I was expecting something that was kind of bad, but it was it was all right. Like I gave it a five, but it was pretty funny. Really? Yeah. I just saw five the out of five. Like, yeah, no, I never want to see it. <laughs> five out of ten. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, perfect score. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not a bad like it, you know if you if if you don't hate Seth Rogen. If you're like, okay, uh, it's a Seth Rogen movie, and I know what to expect. It's you know, it's gonna ride on comedians saying funny things and funny things happening, yeah. and there isn't gonna be like that much impressive going on technically. If if you accept that, then it's like, oh, this is fun. If you're forced to watch it with like family, you'll be okay. Yeah, it's like yeah. one of those. You okay, can, you can okay watch it with family. It's I mean, it's not a family movie. It's rated R, but it's fun. Oh, okay. Well, if your family's older, if you're all older. Um, how about Elf? What do you guys nope. think of Elf? Yeah, that's how I feel. I fucking hate Will Ferrell, and I can't stand that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Yeah. What yeah, about Jingle All the Way? Uh, Arnold. I mean, yeah. Oh, I remember that liking one. it when I was younger. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's I something. Don't know. It's, it's a, something. <laughs> it's a fun movie that I enjoyed when I was younger. I pro- it's probably bad though. I mean, like I could probably watch <laughs> yeah. it currently and be like, ah, not great. But I remember um, my uh, I, I was in I think grade four or something, and um, I really loved that movie. And I remember recommending <laughs> it like to my teacher because she was like, oh, we're gonna watch some Christmas movies close to Christmas. I'm like. I remember going up to her. I'm like, "Oh, let's we could could we could I bring Jingle all the way?" And she's like, "Maybe." I'm like, "It's got Arnold Schwarzenegger." And then immediately, I could tell her not knowing anything about the movie, she thought it would be some like crazy R-rated like action, <laughs> like he kills everybody on Christmas, like sort of thing. She's like, "No." And then I realized when I was older that that was probably how she interpreted it. <laughs> yeah. Um. How about? National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I think that movie's pretty good. I don't know if I've seen that. Yeah, Yeah, you should see it. It's pretty good. It's pretty funny. And uh, 
Arthur Christmas from Ardman Animation. That's a good one, too. I like that movie. Mm-hmm. It's a cute one for the family. <clears throat> if you got to watch the kids, that's a good one to put on. Yeah. Either that or Die Hard. Yeah. Or Madagascar 2. Nah. Madagascar 2's Christmas? It can be if you want it to be. There is the Madagascar <laughs> um, holiday special, which does oh, have yeah? Christmas bits Ooh, in it. Okay. Yes, so that's out there Isn't for there a Shrek Madagascar one too? fans. Oh, yeah, but that's nothing compared to... Yeah. <laughs> the Grinch by Illumination. Oh, yeah. I never. I didn't see that. Uh, yeah, I didn't didn't it make a bunch of money? Probably. Yeah, yeah, it made tons. We're going to get more. My dad was telling me how he went to IHOP and had, like, the Grinch pancakes. And had, like, the Grinch. I'm like, why the fuck did you... He went with a his... green pancake. Yes, with my mom to fucking IHOP to eat these green, shitty pancakes. And he's like, oh, the Grinch is cute. It's clever. The Italian was clever. They put green powder on it. I'm like, that's the most fucking... That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Whatever. Nice. Anyway. Thanks, everybody. It was fun. That's that. Who's gonna Who's gonna recommend a movie? It's another episode for a book for the books. Mm-hmm. It's me, right? It's my It's my yeah. turn. Right. I've got to bring it home. Um, I'm not gonna make you guys sit the <laughs> Madagascar movie. Ah, I'll save okay. that for another time. <laughs> I will. I will eventually. Okay. But I'll spring it on you once right. you've forgotten about okay, it. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, It'll be like two years from now. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, My actual recommendation is a film I've been wanting to rewatch for a, a, a long time. Is um. Danny Boyle's Shallow Grave. Okay, from awesome. 1994. Oh, never seen it. Have you guys seen that no. one? No. No. Cool. No. Writer of Train Spotting um, is the film he did before Train Spotting, I think. So, mm. should be interesting. Should yeah, be. That's cool. awesome. I love Danny Boyle, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I Hell think yeah. there's a Criterion for that. Yes, oh, really? there is. Yeah, there's a Criterion Blu-ray. I should get it. Oh, nice. It should be pretty easy to to find. Okay. So. Cool. Nice. Cannot wait, because I have not seen it. Me and I've been either. meaning to, and I kind of forgot about it. Yeah. I just remembered it randomly. I was like, oh, that'd be a good one to recommend. <laughs> was that like mm-hmm. his first movie or something? How it old? It might be, actually. How old is this? Let's see. 94. Year I was TV born. movie, TV movie, TV series. Shallow Grave is his first uh, real feature. Feature, all right. Yeah. And it was the I'll one see. he made before Train Spotting. interesting. Okay. Nice. Okay. Nice. Epic. Dank. All right. Uh, thank you guys uh, for watching <laughs> this episode. Had a great time. Of Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm. Hope you uh, had a great whatever you celebrate. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Yeah. yeah. Um, happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. We love you all. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to uh, support the show, uh, we got some merch. We got, uh, you could donate $2 a month and get these episodes early. Uh, go to sardonicast.com to do that or patreon.com slash sardonicast. Thank you guys very much. And if you would like to be involved in the uh, movie discussion uh, next episode, check out Shallow Grave because we're going to spoil it. And uh, hopefully we've seen, we've all seen Aquaman by next episode. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm assuming we I will. So. <laughs> we will probably talk about that. Don't let us down, Ralph. Do not. I'll probably let us get down. drunk and and see it. That would be an awesome experience. Yeah, uh, on, yeah. I with some kind of substance, that film is is going to be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that might so, be how I I'll, persuade I'll my that. family to watch it with me or something. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I'll have drunk. to wait until I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out. 
Anyway, thank you guys. I'll see if so I much. can find some LSD. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. bye.